Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to have you joining us uh, through the service. Uh, the very last time, hopefully, we are doing an online-only service. I was the one that started off this whole thing way back in March when we went to doing online services, and I am the last one to uh, bookend this. So some would say the Alpha and the Omega. I don't think anybody would actually say that for me. So this morning is Pentecost Sunday, and we are celebrating essentially the beginning of the Christian church. The Holy Spirit has come down and indwelled uh, in the believers, those following Christ. Before I get into Pentecost in the morning, uh, this morning of why we are celebrating, I want to address a few things that have been on my heart and my mind uh, over the past few months. Uh, and maybe some of you have been experiencing some of these things as well. This COVID-19 crisis has forced many businesses to close, some permanently. Uh, there are millions of people that are unemployed. Our government has taken on an exuberant amount of debt uh, to help lessen the pain for those who have been affected financially through this COVID-19 crisis. Uh, there have been protests uh, against the government because of actions of uh, some administrations. Uh, there has also been government protests against the inactions of some governments uh, in our country and Israel around the world. We have seen uh, videos recently circulating um, that has shown uh, violence. Uh, there's been shown uh, racism, hatred, uh, various conspiracy theories to why this COVID-19 thing is out there. Uh, no doubt any one of those particular topics that I just mentioned might have stirred uh, up something in you or maybe has immediately put you on the defensive or wondering, what is Pastor Jeremy's angle this morning? Uh, what, what kind of agenda is he pushing here this morning? But I think all of us have been affected by one of those things or multiples of those things over the past few months. And uh, I'm not going to get on my soapbox and tell you how I feel about everything. Okay, I am going to get on my soapbox and tell you how I feel. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And I think a lot of you are frustrated and angry, too, about things that you've seen on the news, things that you are observing in social media. Just this week, I had to quit Facebook for a second time. Uh, I tried to get back on the wagon, and I got off again. And uh, I was just so frustrated with what I was seeing in people's news feeds. I was tired of what Facebook was telling me I should watch or things that they recommended for me. And seeing different posts and people's views and encounters and all of these issues that are facing especially our country I was just like you know what this is not good for me uh, I'm getting more worked up over things and I can't you can never comment on any of these posts uh, because immediately you get yelled at if you don't agree with the uh, the other person and you can never have an intelligent conversation over social media and I'm just like that's all I want to do but I couldn't do it so I'm just like I'm just gonna drop the whole thing get rid of it maybe I'll pick it back up in the future I'm not sure but we're here this morning, and I, I want to offer some advice. Um, in fact, I'm not going to actually offer advice. I'm going to offer you God's words, uh, some things that I think would be very helpful, especially during this time in our country and around the world. So the first one is from Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity, and let your conversations always 
be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Not yours, theirs. That it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. If we would just all start off with thinking that other people had good intentions, then I think that we would fare much better in this world. If we believe that everybody is created in the image of God, and everybody on this earth is created in God's image, they bear his image, and they are children of God, and they are loved by God just as much as you are loved by God, then I think we would fare much better in this life. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, or, or mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. If all of us including me, if, if all of us would just be willing to lay down our own pride, our own agendas, and seek to listen, to seek to understand, and to love mercy, I think we would fare much better in this world. Thankfully, God has given us an advocate to help us in discerning what is good, what is right, what is holy, what is praiseworthy, what are all things that are good, and discerning evil. And this advocate, the Holy Spirit, has been given to us. For those who have accepted Christ into their lives, we now have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so we're going to see this supernatural event take place uh, as we turn together in the book of Acts, chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 12. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw to be seemed what, what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were uh, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, and Arabs, were hearing them, declaring the wonders of God on our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? This phenomenon had never occurred in human history ever before. 
Never before. In fact, the exact opposite happened in Genesis when the people all have had the same language got together and decided to scheme to build the Tower of Babel because it was in Babel, all right? And they wanted to build this tower up into heaven and say, hey, look at all the stuff we did. Hey, aren't we great? And God's like, this is not good. And so he frustrated their plans by changing their different languages. They couldn't understand each other anymore. And then we fast forward thousands of years later, and here it is, the Holy Spirit has come and dwelt the believers of Christ and followers of Christ, and now they are able to understand miraculously, amazingly, what the other person is saying. They're looking around, and they're like, wow, you've got that flaming tongue above your head too. Hey, me, I, do I have it too? I guess, you know, and they're looking at each other in complete bewilderment and amazement. This is actually happening. I can understand you. This is truly amazing. Fast forward now, we have about 2,000 years later, and we have ways of looking at Acts chapter 2 and trying to explain what all happened during this historical event. Well, some Christians would say this historical event, this miraculous event that took place, that God providing the Holy Spirit to the believers, that was a one-time act, and uh, it's never happened since, right? In fact, uh, the speaking of tongues is really just the ability or the knack to understand a foreign language or be able to pick up a foreign language, right? And there are some other Christians who would say, well, um, the, the gift of tongues is really an indication to whether or not you are saved. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, then you will be able to speak in tongues. And if you are not able to speak in this miraculous or this uh, supernatural language with your spirit and God's spirit, and if you don't have that ability, then we question whether or not you might be saved. Well, what do we believe here in the Evangelical Covenant Church? So when we say speaking in tongues, we are referring to the supernatural language that one communicates within their spirit to God, and that it's a different language that only the spirit knows what is being said. And then the interpretation of tongues is having someone be able to explain what is being communicated to God within that language. In the Evangelical Covenant Church, we affirm that there is still the gift of tongues in that sense, and the interpretation of tongues as well. In practice, however, many, uh, there are very few uh, covenant churches out there that uh, have this particular gift as a forefront of any of the spiritual gifts that uh, I'll, sh I'll give you a list of later on. Um, but there are a few people here at Countryside Covenant Church with this gift of tongues as well. You probably don't even know who they are. And there was one person in particular that I spoke to recently that didn't even realize that they had the gift of tongues. And they were explaining this to me, and I'm like, yeah, that's the gift of tongues. They're like, man, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought you would think that I'm crazy that this is happening. I'm like, no, this is, uh, this is one of your spiritual gifts. That's a good thing. And so they were quite relieved to, to know this was uh, from God. We see that this promise of the Holy Spirit uh, is promised to us by Jesus Christ. And so if we look at John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be 
in you. Having the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you will make a distinction between having the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, the, when, when Christians are speaking of the gift of the Holy Spirit, they're typically meaning the gift of speaking in tongues, which is what was happening in Acts chapter 2, right? But all of us who are Christians who are given their lives to Christ has now the Holy Spirit living inside of them. There is no distinction in Christians, okay? All of us have the same Spirit of God living in us, and the Apostle Paul explains this to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 through 20. He says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This brings us into the main text that the Apostle Paul again explains what was going on in Acts and, and further explains it out a little bit of how uh, we are to understand these particular spiritual gifts. And so that's found a little bit later in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to start in verse 4 and go through verse 13. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. We are one body we are one spirit together. We all form a part of that body. At Countryside Covenant, we make up a portion of that body of Christ. Just as we do with our brothers and sisters from Korea or China, India, Pakistan, um, Liberia, South Africa, uh, England, uh, Norway, Canada, Alaska, Florida, Texas— all of us who are in Christ are parts of one body. We make up the body of Christ. When one part of our body is suffering, the whole body suffers with it. Have you ever gotten a splinter before? I've been, I've been doing some woodworking recently, and I've received a splinter or two, and splinter's really annoying. It's like, how is this little piece of wood causing this much distress in my finger? It, it shouldn't hurt this much. Why does it hurt so much? And I can ignore it. I can pretend like it doesn't exist, but the pain there is reminding me that something is not right, and I need to pay attention to it. 
Uh, I've broken my leg uh, twice in the same year, and it hurts really badly, right? It, it hurts, hurt, hurts good. And if I didn't take care of it, I would essentially be telling my leg, hey, yeah, I don't care if you really function that well as a part of the body, you know, I don't really care about you, but why would I say that? I have to pay attention to where one part of my body is hurting so that my body will function correctly and properly to do what it was made to do. There are brothers and sisters in Christ this morning who are suffering, who are experiencing a great amount of pain. There are people around the world who are being thrown into prison for what they believe. There are people who are being tortured, whose heads are being chopped off because of what they believe. There are people that are living under oppressive governments who are throwing them into jail if they are gathering. There are people who are being targeted because of what their skin color looks like. There are people who are being looked down upon because of who they associate themselves with. There is pain within the body of Christ. And as a part of the body of Christ, we need to pay attention to our brothers and sisters who are suffering, and we need to pay attention to what they are telling us. As a body of Christ, we have been given the different gifts, all by the same Spirit, but we have been given these different spiritual gifts to be able to edify the body of Christ. But there is a difference between spiritual gifts and talents. Uh, in his book, uh, Cold Case Christianity by Jay Wallace, uh, he talks about the difference between uh, having talents and having spiritual gifts. Natural talents are just that. They are natural. They can be attributed perhaps to genetics or through uh, generally practicing or learning under someone who also has that particular talent, right? We would say this, many athletes uh, in professional sports also come from perhaps an athletic parent or both parents had an athletic gene and they were able to partake of that. Some, uh, some people who are very good at art uh, come from perhaps a family that is really good at artistic expression or music as well. Those are, those are talents, um, but again, those are things that can be naturally explained. Spiritual gifts, on the other hand, are just that. They are gifts. They are given to someone when they have received Christ. They are spiritually given, and they cannot be explained by a natural attribute. These are gifts from God. And we use those gifts to glorify and edify the body of Christ. Because the Spirit of God is the source of all spiritual gifts, we shouldn't be surprised those who have God's Spirit residing in them, those who have uh, put their faith in Christ, uh, would have more than just natural talents, right? There is more because the Holy Spirit has given them more. And so here's just a few of the spiritual gifts. We have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, and that's the extraordinary trust and surrender, gifts of healing, the effecting of miracles, prophecy, the distinguishing of spirits, tongues, the interpretation of tongues, service, justice, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, apostleship, 
evangelism, and pastoral care. Talents are developed and they're expected. Gifts, however, are matured and they are surprising. Let me say that again. Talents are developed and they're expected, but spiritual gifts are matured and they are surprising. Talents can be used selfishly, whereas spiritual gifts are only there for God's purpose and to serve in God's purpose. If we all had the same giftedness through the same spirit, if we were all just given the same spiritual gifts, there would really be no distinction. We could all just be like, well, I don't need you over there because I already have that gift. I, I have everything that I need. I don't need somebody else. But the fact that the same spirit distributes these gifts differently within our population requires us to lean on somebody else and their giftedness, okay? We can't just be like, well, because I'm an ear, um, I don't need the eye. You know, that would be ridiculous. You know, just because I'm not the elbow doesn't mean I need the foot. You know, we, we all need each other. We are all one body in Christ. Sometimes our hand cries out to our feet and says, we need you to run from this, or we need you to run to this. Sometimes the ear tells the eye, look, I keep hearing this, and I need you to see this. I need you to witness this so that you will come to a better understanding. Sometimes the heart needs to tell the brain, look, I understand your particular way of thinking, but I need you to also understand that there is a different way of seeing and understanding things if you would just allow yourself to do those things. And our body in Christ helps us see where we might need to respond uh, to and move away from as well. We are all one body in Christ we all have the same spirit, and yet we are all called in our functions in Christ uh, in a particular purpose uh, to glorify God in those ways. Now, we can still use our talents. Surely we can still use our talents to bless God and to bless others, but the spiritual gifts are specifically there for serving in God's purpose. So, however you feel about our church regathering next week, whether you feel like we should have never uh, not gathered, or you feel like we should have regathered sooner, or if you feel like we need to still have waited before we regather, regardless of how you feel about current political events, issues surrounding this COVID thing, or whatever, may I just ask that when we do regather, that we would all just walk humbly, that we would all just be respectful and loving and gracious to other people whom may not share a particular view that we might have, and that we would also feel that we don't have to share our opinion or view when we're gathering around together, that we can all be gracious and loving and harmonizing so that we can continue doing the good work of sharing the gospel to this world from this place. I think we can all do that, right? I can do that. Um, but I just would hope that we can all come back together 
uh, being gracious and being loving and having our, our, our arms open to eventually receiving those hugs that we've been waiting for and those handshakes and high fives and, and whatever else and greeting each other with a holy kiss because I know that one was your favorite before. All right. But let us seek God's words. Let us seek God's words in the Bible. Let us seek His direction rather than focusing on a outside source or a political bent or whatever that uh, is going to shape our opinion. Let us just continue to move to God's word to center on how we need to respond to this world. In a description uh, on today's uh, worship service, there is a link to fill out a spiritual gifts test. If you would be willing to take five, ten minutes and click on that link and fill out what your spiritual gifts are, um, it will actually lay it out in a survey about things uh, that you have the propensity towards or things that maybe you're passionate about or driven towards. And go ahead and fill that survey out. Once you get the results, we would love to hear back from you if you want to put it in your connections card or if you want to email the office or if you want to just email uh, the pastoral staff or, or, and, and Lynn because she's going to help us be able to figure out how to get you into the proper way of serving within our church. So we would love everybody to figure out what their spiritual gifts are so that we can all continue to move purposefully together as we serve Christ in this church. Let's pray. Jesus, as uh, you have lovingly, graciously given us your spirit, it's not separate from you. The Holy Spirit is you. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is you. The Holy Spirit is powerful, and we submit to your spirit. Help us in our actions and the ways that we think about life. God, that you would continue to help us to remain humble, that we would continue to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. As much as we get riled up about a lot of things in this life, help us to continue to remember our brothers and sisters who do suffer, whose reality might be different than our reality, but it doesn't make it any less. And help us to continue to focus on how we can bless others around us, to seek their needs above ours, and how we can continue to serve you through all things and in you. Amen.